Okay, so we've been in these series of thoughts on, um, on walking the blessed life. And um, we've realized that walk, in walking the blessed life is not what we have in the bank account. It's not what our social standing or our, our um, life, livelihood is like. Walking the blessed life is knowing God. Bottom line, you know, all, everything and anything that we get above that is, is an added blessing. It's more than just the cherry on the cake. We are blessed. You are blessed. You may not have, you know, what is it, two farthings? Was it two farthings to rub together? Is that, I'm looking at Margaret, I don't know why. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it, was it two halfpennies? What, what was it? It was something, wasn't it? Hey, two halfpennies to rub together. You may not have a lot in the bank account, but you are blessed. You know, Roy, Roy, you know, you got a part-time job. Life has been pretty tough over the years, but you are such a blessed individual. Not because of what you don't have, but because of what, because of who you do have. And in each of our lives, it's who we have, not what we don't have. That's where we class ourselves as being blessed. And Roy, you're an incredibly blessed guy. I love the fact that you've stayed and remained faithful through some of the dark times of your life. You found God in an incredibly dark moment when you were homeless and someone brought you in from church over in heaven. And that was an incredible part of the journey of what God then took you on. And I've looked at your life and I've thought, you don't have much, but you know that you're a blessed man. And Roy, you're someone to be honored for that because, you know, in all that you don't, you do. You do have him and you've relied on him over and over again. And people let you down, but God has never let you down. And I believe that that's a word of the Lord into your life, that when others have let you down and others haven't been faithful, he has always been faithful to you. And you will realize the blessing of God more and more in the journey of your life. All right? Take that as a word from the Lord for you. Blessed is who we are, not what we have. It's who we have. Walking the blessed life doesn't mean that everything we ever wished for suddenly becomes ours. You know, it's not like a genie in a bottle or or we suddenly rub our Bible and and out pops the things that we've been believing for. That's not the God in whom we serve. He's not a genie in a bottle. We can't just rub the Bible and say, oh, I'm going to get the promise. That's not how it works. But what we do need to remember is that God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. We do need to remember he is Jehovah Rapha. The Lord, our healer. We do need to remember he is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord, my peace. In the midst of storms, he is still my peace. In the midst of lack, he is still my provider. In the midst of my struggles, he is still my all in all, my El Shaddai. And and, and in this journey of understanding the blessed life, we really need to know him and his word. Because then we begin to understand what it is and who it is we have. In Galatians chapter 3, and I must apologize to the guys at the back, I um, didn't get my scriptures to them. Um, So thank you, Kerwin, for working this one out. Galatians 3 verse 7 through to 9 in the New Living Translation. 
I know I used the Amplified. Well done. That was quick. It says this, the real children of Abraham. It's interesting, the real children of Abraham. So Abraham had many sons in the Old Testament. We know that. We know that um, out of his loins, he became um, from Abram to Abraham, and out of his loins came his own children. But it says the real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. Who is, who is that then? It's us. We are the real children of Abraham, not because we were born in the Old Testament, not because we were under the covenant of law, not because we're Abraham's natural descendants, but we have put our faith in God, not in ourselves. We should never put our faith in our ability. We should never put our, our, uh, our relationship or connectivity to God with our good behavior or our moral standing or our charitable acts or our performance, what is it? It is by putting our faith in Jesus. It is us emptying of ourselves and saying, it's nothing to do with me. It's all about what he's done for me in my life. And verse 8, it says, what's more, the scripture, look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles, that's you and I, right in his sight. Isn't that amazing that we are right in his sight. God is saying, this is the inspired word of God, that we as Gentiles, because we put our faith in Jesus, we have been made right in his sight. Do we still do wrong? Unfortunately, we do still wrong. We still do things that we wish we didn't do or we regret later. We still do things wrong. But here it says the Gentiles have been made right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this Good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all the nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. The same You are blessed like believing Abraham. Isn't that quite something? When you look at Abraham's life and how blessed he was, we are blessed like Abraham, not because he did anything not because he obeyed the law not because because he put his faith in God he saw that he was faithful that he he could do nothing about his own child bringing forth the child but he trusted God in the journey okay he still made a mistake along the way we know that that's where Ishmael comes into it. he still made mistakes in his journey in our journey of faith, we will still make mistakes. We will still trip up. We will still fall flat on our face. But he repented. We too, when we repent, we turn back to God and say, Father, forgive me. What is he? Faithful and just to forgive us of our mistakes, cleansing us from all unrighteousness. That's the God in whom we serve. How blessed are we? I've just written these thoughts down here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a scripture reference. You can go away, check it out. That's up to you. If you're taking notes, this is your moment to scribble quick. We, this is our blessing, all right, amongst many others. We have an acceptance that can never be questioned. Just that one thought I could preach on for ages. We have an acceptance. We are accepted in the beloved. Who's the beloved? Jesus. We are accepted in him. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. We, uh, we have an inheritance that can never be lost. 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5. A grace that can never be limited. 
God's grace is beyond limit. You know, when we allow grace, when we extend grace to one another, there's usually conditions attached. But with God, it's a grace that can never be limited. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, a hope that can never be disappointed. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 to 19, a joy that can never be diminished. Why? Because the joy has now been put in our heart. The same joy that God has is ours. The, The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy. It's there. It's in us. We have a nearness to God that can never be reversed. We are as close to God. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. We, we can get as near to God as we choose. You know, God, God never holds out. The closer we draw to him, he will draw nearer to us. Uh, a, a, a peace that can never be disturbed. J, uh, John chapter 14, 27. A righteousness that can never be tarnished. Well, how about when I sin? No, no, no. Your righteousness is of me, says the Lord. That's a gift. Righteousness is a gift to our life. It's not something that we work up to. It's not something that because of our good behaviors, we suddenly become more and more righteous in your natural self. Yes, but righteousness is an impartation of the gift of God in our life. We are as righteous as Jesus. That's some righteousness, isn't it? He who knew no sin became sin that we also may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am as righteous as Jesus. Did I make a mistake today, yesterday, or last week? Probably I'm not perfect. But I don't live according to the flesh. I live according to the Spirit. And I can walk and stand in right standing before my Father in heaven, and so can you. That is such a blessing. Because it takes out performance us having to perform to be good enough. That's what cults do. That's what, that's what you know, uh, foreign religions do. It causes you to try and be better and be better so that you may become something that may be accepted one day. Jesus said, I've done all the doing. You just need to accept who I am and be what I've said you are. That's the joy of our salvation. And a salvation that can never be tarnished or cancelled. You know, when you think our our salvation, God's not going to cancel out our salvation. He's not going to turn around and say, well, you've acknowledged the cross, but I, I don't like you anymore. That's not how God works. He loves us with an everlasting love. Isn't that great? You know, I love Jane with an everlasting love, but I still annoy her from time to time. I still aggro. But God's love is an everlasting love where I may annoy him sometimes, but he doesn't get annoyed. I may do things that could annoy him, but he doesn't get annoyed. I may do things that could upset him, but he doesn't get upset. I may do things where he says, you just, you, you. but he loves me anyway. His love is an everlasting love. See, we all gauge love by what we know which may be from a husband or a wife or your children or your parents or whatever we we gauge by what we know God's love is completely different and that is an incredible blessing from our father above Psalm 112 I'm going to read this to you because there's so much in Psalm 112 and it's it's actually titled the blessed state of the righteous. I, I thought, I can't go to a better scripture 
Um, and, and it's titled, The Blessed State of the Righteous. So we're going to read from verse 1. It says, praise the Lord. Again, we could stop there and just carry on preaching, but praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, or who stands in awe of who he is, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. The upright, unto the upright there, is, there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be an everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trust in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire, uh, his desire upon his enemies. We'll probably pause there. The blessed state of the righteous every part of this psalm begins to declare what a what a blessed man looks like how a blessed man responds what a blessed life should be and i believe it not only speaks about the natural you know wealth and riches will be in his house it talks really a lot about what the natural would look like but there's something in here that i believe is so so powerful that it talks about the next generation. You see, what you do in life as the, is it Braveheart? I have, I have never seen it. What you do in life echoes in eternity. That's the one. Thank you, Stephen. I've never seen that one either. But whatever, whatever you do in life echoes for eternity. Whatever you do, whatever you sow, what, however you live your life will carry on on the generation to come. I put it this way, I think. Walking in righteousness or right standing with God will affect the lives of our families along the way. What you're doing today, what you've done in the last week and the last month, it will have an ongoing effect upon the lives of others. There's five things, I'm, I'm just going to name them, five things in this verse that stand out to me. And then we're just going to have some, a little bit of a, a, a comparison. Five things. First one, his descendants will be mighty on the earth. His descendants, the ones who come after. My children and my children's children. They will be mighty on the earth. Are we, this would be a great scripture to take hold of. You know, those who are expecting, Zam and Jason... Start speaking to the baby in the womb. My children will be mighty on the earth. What are you doing? You're prophesying over that child before they even come into being. Before they even take a breath in this world. You start prophesying. Take this psalm and begin to prophesy over your home, over your life, over your children's lives. It's got, and then the next one is it, the generation of the upright will be blessed. It's, it's not might be, could be, should be. It is they will be blessed. The generation of the upright. Live upright. Train up your children. Train up those around you. Train up the kids' church. Train up one another. And guess what? The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in their house. Number three. Number four. The righteous endure forever. When you realize that your righteousness is of God, you can endure 
I guess, anything, and it will continue as a righteous gift to your life forever. And then the last one on these five is, there arises light in the darkness. There arises light. See, we, we're, not, we're not protected from the world. We are protected in the world. We are. But we're, not, we're in this world, but we're not of it. Which means what happens in this world also happens to us. We, we've been through COVID. We're still traveling through COVID. It's happened to every one of us. The church had to make a, a allowances and changes for it. But we're not of the same heart as what the world is. We go through difficulties in marriage from time to time. But that doesn't mean that we behave in such a way where we say, okay, I'm just going to allow darkness to fill our home. No, we allow light to rise. Light will arise in times of darkness. And what we've got to do is we've got to contend for these things. You know, we, we, it's so easy to be a lazy Christian. It's so easy to be, well, whatever will be. No, no, you've got to contend for the faith. We've got to contend for the promises of God. Why? Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Therefore, contend for your walk, your your family's walk, your life, your marriage, your happiness, whatever it would be, because you have an influence. Every single person in this room, you are influencing others. You're influencing people. You're influencing your work colleagues. You're influencing people in church. We are influencers in the journey of life. You know, with the music that we listen to, with, with, the, with the persuasions in life that you have, the hobbies that you have, your, your spiritual walk, you are influencing, your political views, you are influencing others by what you say and how you respond. I, I got, this is really interesting. I did some research on this a long time ago, uh, and two men, back in the 1700s, two men were compared in their journey and the generations that came after them. This says that the generation of the righteous will be blessed. Listen to this comparison. The first person that they followed with his descendants was a guy called Max Duke. He was born in 1700. He lived as a backwoodsman. He was described as a hunter and a fisherman, a hard drinker, jolly, companionable, averse to steady toil. I think that means he was a bit lazy. Uh, Working hard by spurts and idling in turns, Becoming blind in his old age. He had numerous children, some of them almost certainly illegitimate. There was a huge amount of intermarrying and incest which happened within his family. Of his 1,200 descendants, 280 died as paupers. 140 were known criminals. 130 went to jail, 7 for murder. 128 became prostitutes. 142 lived off state aid, 60 became thieves, 20 became tradesmen, 10 of whom learned their trade in prison, and 300 died very young. The comparison, a guy called Jonathan Edward, born in 1703, a man of God and married a woman of like character. He was 24 and she was 17 on their wedding night. They decided to commit their marriage to the Lord. Their descendants included practically no lawbreakers, more than 100 lawyers and 30 judges, 
13 college presidents and over 100 more professors, 60 physicians, 100 clergy, missionaries, theological professors, 80 uh, elected to public office, including three mayors, three governors, several members of Congress, three senators, and one vice president, Aaron Burr. 60 attain prominence in authorship or editorial life with 135 books of merit. 75 became army or navy officers. How do you explain the comparison of the two? His descendants will be mighty on the earth and the generation of the upright will be blessed and his righteousness endures forever. What a responsibility we have to the next generation. That generation starts trying to work out who else is expecting in the church. Ah, that generation starts here and now. It starts speaking into that child's life as they journey until they come forth and then you continue to speak life and God's word over their life. And the generation that comes forth will be blessed. They will walk in the things of God. You you may have been a a, a parent and you think, how did I miss it? Where have I missed this? Do you know what? We can still go back and say, Father... I've put seed in the life of my children. I believe that the seed is an incorruptible seed. The Bible says when you put the word of God into the heart of another, it is an incorruptible seed. You can call forth incorruptible seed. Why? Because it still has the life of God in it. Call forth the seed of God's word in their life. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Call forth that seed. Why? Because you are, as an individual blessed i'm thinking of you phil right now you know natural children no look around the room see how many people admire you see how many people around this room i I look at i look at you as an uncle you know i know you're not my uncle but i haven't got any alive uncles anymore (laughs) uncle phil but i honor you phil because i've seen your life i've seen your journey i've seen before you even came to family i saw you i heard about you i knew about you you're a blessed man. You've got a blessed future. And do you know what? You are blessed to be a blessing. And you may not have had natural children, but you have many spiritual children in the house of God that look to you and honor you. You've got more children than you think. All right? I love the fact that God has placed in every one of us a responsibility. We cannot take that responsibility lightly. What are we doing with the seed? The seed of God's word. What are we doing with it? I don't believe that this is a time. I don't believe that we're in an age where we can play Christianity any longer. Where we can play, well, God loves me. God doesn't love me. God loves me. Or I love him, I don't. I love him, I don't. I don't think we can play Christianity any longer. This is the real thing. This is the time to draw near to him and allow him to draw near to us. And there may be some in the room you say, Lord, open my eyes. 
I've never really caught this. I've never really got it. But open my eyes that I may comprehend. Number one, how blessed I am. But how great you are. And what an incredible life you've given me. Do you know what? Every single one of us have got an incredible life. We have an incredible life. Just going to finish with this last scripture. Me and Darren were on the men's men's, um, connect group and prayer time on Wednesday. And we're just sharing and chatting together. It's really good. I just told him all my woes. It's great. But then Darren shared this scripture with me. And I said, Darren, that just so fits with, with what I'm preaching right now. So we can thank the Lord, but also from Darren. Romans chapter 10, verse 12. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified. And it says this. For though there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, for the same Lord is Lord over us all. And he is abounding in riches and blessing for all who call upon him in faith and in prayer. What an incredible... How do we get these, these riches and blessings? We just come to him and ask. You know, if you have a need, ask him. If there's an area of your life that you're struggling with, come to him in prayer. All who come to him in faith and in prayer. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're just going to pray. Because you may be here and you may have come for the first time or you may have not been for a long time and you've been on a wilderness. I believe the Lord was speaking this morning. Or you're in a situation where you've been struggling with, with your faith and your walk with God. But today there's been some clarity or, or you just feel like you've walked back into home. You know what God's been speaking to you. I, I'm, I'm not going to pre, pre, pre-presume. God knows you. He knows your journey. And what he has for you is so, so good. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today's a great day to give your life to him. If you've been walking with God, but you've been one foot in the world, one foot in church, but today, you know, it's an all-in type of thing, you can make that choice to him today. So let's just pray. And pray nice and loud for everyone that may be praying this for the first time or, or just getting back right with God or getting focused, whatever it will be. Let's pray nice and loud. Father, I thank you that you've spoken today. You've spoken into my heart. And Jesus, I want to make you my Lord and Savior. I want you to come into my life. And I thank you that you forgive me of every past Issue, thought, action, and deed. When you died for me, you died for it all. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I bow the knee before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, every head is bowed and every eye closed. You may have prayed that for the very first time. You may have prayed that today because you're making a decision in your heart. I'm going to count down from three. And I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand if that's you. One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer today, genuinely in your heart, would you pop up your hand right now? 
Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Three responses. Thank you. I see that hand there. Four. Two children, two adults. God is moving on the hearts of all generations. Because he loves each and every one of us. There may be others in this room you're saying, I'm in this battle. I'm in this battle, Pastor. I, I just, I want to, and I, I, I'm just struggling. We'll just keep coming back. You know, we don't want to put anyone under any pressure to do something now. Just keep coming back and allow God to move upon your heart. Father, we just do pray for those who have responded to you today. Lord, I thank you that it's not just the soul that is moved. You touch the spirit of who we are. And Father, I thank you that you nail us. You Lord, just as Jesus was nailed on the cross, you nail us because you want relationship with us. You want an intimate, personal relationship. And I thank you, Lord, today. You've nailed people in the heart because you want a relationship with them. Lord, I thank you. You touch, you touch the nerve endings of our life that cause us to respond to you. Lord, this day we just give you thanks. And as we fellowship together, we thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to get to know one, one another even more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's just give God a massive thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for those who have responded. Thank you, Jesus, for being here today. God is so good. Just one last thing before we do close. Um, you, you'll notice right now we're not taking up offerings, and um, there's a very good reason for that. Obviously, uh, with COVID, we're not going to chuck a bucket around and everyone feeling, oh, I've got to touch a bucket. We're not even putting a bucket on the side at the moment, but we are continuing to ask you, please give by direct debit, or please give via the app or the, the website. Um, it's just an important part of the journey. Um, and we did get a report a couple of the last couple of months. The finances have struggled a little bit. Hence the reason of me saying it. Um, could I just encourage you to consider it? Um, and direct debit is the very best way, isn't it, Camille? Since you did the uh, finances for a long, long time, um, it's important that, uh, that we continue to give. So, you know, it's not about giving to me. It's about giving to God and um, honoring him with the first fruits of our increase. All right, God bless you all. Let's go and have some tea and coffee. If you've got your picnic, let's go and picnic together. Um, we are earlier than we would do normally anyway, so hang around, enjoy. God bless.